0: I mean, like I said before, just the whole thing with this Sweet Caroline thing. No, it's a bad song. Just just horrible song. And people don't really understand how bad it is. Like, I, I don't get it, Walker. Why are we on this thing about Sweet Caroline? It's a bad song. People should feel really, really horrible about just listening to it. Just <laughs> why? But anyways, hold on. Now that I'm back, let's, let me go put, pl- press this button. Let's get this started.
1: Welcome to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail, alongside Nada Edwards. No Doug Branson today, not Doug tomorrow either. No, Doug. I think he'll be back at Wednesday, Wednesday. is what I believe, but then it's not going to be like weeks past where he's going to be gone for a long period of time. So he should be back on Wednesday and then we should get every uh, everything back r- rolling and. The band will be back together. So check us out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms, at Locked on Hornets. So when last time we got to talk to you, they played the Oklahoma City Thunder,
0: mm-hmm. they
1: had a close loss, and then they played the Cleveland Cavaliers the following Saturday. to the Hornets end up winning that game. So destroy the Cavaliers on Saturday. It was the second half where they really separated themselves. They had a 13-point lead in the third heading into the fourth where they would continue to add on to their big margin of victory. And a couple things to note from this game. Was one, obviously, Cleveland is an awful basketball team. Yeah. We knew this already. No Kevin Love. They're only saving grace from the post-LeBron era, too. It's the only guy that would be able to help them out. Everybody else is awful. They actually have some drama going on right now. J.R. Smith (laughs) wants a trade. Everybody is is clowning the rookie for not knowing how to play basketball as a rookie, which is stupid to me. But this Cleveland locker room, it doesn't look great. Oh, and the head coach doesn't even know if he wants to be a head coach. He's going to call himself the head voice, the, the leading voice now. of Would the team. Would you
0: want to be associated with that franchise right no, now? No, I
1: have no problem with what Larry Drew is doing. Nonetheless, the problems are there, and it's worth pointing out. So that's what Cleveland has going on. The Hornets beat him by 30, but if they didn't beat him by 30 – I would have had an issue with it. So the Charlotte Hornets, again, 126-94. to I think number one thing you look at here, not just from an individual standpoint, Jeremy Lamb, bounce-back game?
0: Yes, I do believe he had a bounce-back game. He was the best player on the floor. Um, That was the guy that I expected all season, to be quite honest. And if he's going to do that, and he's going to do that consistently against bad teams while they take Kemba Walker away, because as we've seen now, the clear focus for every team now is going to be We're not going to let Kemba Walker beat us. We're going to let everybody else. So if Jeremy Lamb beats us, oh well. If Marvin Williams beats us, oh well. If Cody Zeller beats us, oh well. But that's going to be it. The fact that we just have that one guy and unfortunately is going to key him on a lot of NBA defenses, more importantly at the same time, you're going to have guys like Lamb step up. It's it's nice to see him step up, be the guy that he was supposed to be, be the guy that everyone wants wants him to be when it comes to this free agency period because that's coming soon he's gonna be he stands to make a lot of money here
1: yeah so this is the first time he actually made eight field goals in a game this season it is the leading uh this is the most points he scored in a game this season he shot 53 percent from the field and he's only done that uh one other time where he shot over 50 cent and that was or 50 percent that was against the Chicago Bulls on the road where he went five of nine so it wasn't even like he took a whole bunch of shots this was obviously Jeremy Lamb's best offensive output of the season and even though he didn't hit any three in this game he all of his eight made field goals were all two-pointers and the only shots that he missed, really, were from three-point range. You know, he missed a couple more, but the three-point range shots that he took, he missed a couple. So Jeremy Lamb doing a good job and even going to the foul line three times. Or Excuse me, he went there a couple times, but was three for three. So eight rebounds as well to boot. Jeremy Lamb, this is a game that you hope he can build on. It's not exactly a guy that you've been overly impressed with this season. No. Rick, uh, excuse me, um, James Borrego actually... Put him in the starting lineup very early on. We've talked about this quite a bit whether Malik Monk should see some action at that starting spot. And Jeremy Lamb at least staved that off for now. And of course, with some of the roller coaster play that Malik Monk has given you, Malik actually did play well in this game, though.
0: He did play well as well. But the thing is, Malik had opportunities between the beginning of the season and now to at least say, you know what, let's make this an actual even competition. Or maybe let me sway some some votes here this way, or the, this way or that way. That said, Malik didn't take advantage of it either. And his defensive lapses, his ability to get beat off the dribble. Again, you saw it with D- Dennis Schroeder. You saw it at times against George Hill and some other guys where his defense is becoming a question mark despite the fact that, yeah, he's now putting up points. And sometimes efficiently, some other times maybe not so much. But at the same time... Malik is playing well I mean the backcourt as a whole right now is not an issue and I didn't think that would be a pro I didn't think that was going to be the case going into this year
1: no well Kemba is amazing we all know that but also Tony Parker has been fantastic and Malik Monk has given you some good games and certainly offensively he's given you good games and Malik Monk contributing to that bench as is Tony Parker now that's another thing I think you have to look at not only against Cleveland but as a whole offensively This bench has looked pretty good on the young season, and that's something you could not say the past couple of years. Exactly. The Charlotte bench is first in assists per game. Wow. Second in points. Yikes. Sixth in field goal percentage. Word. And they're getting to the free throw line at the sixth highest rate and hitting at the ninth highest rate. So a lot of good offensive numbers where they are getting a lot of shubs in volume, and they're doing it pretty efficiently wow um that
0: that is that is something impressive i mean it's and the funny thing is it just happened with one guy it took one guy the point guard
1: and and the development of malik i would say the development of malik but also tony parker has been phenomenal exactly certainly offensively the guy has come in and he's been able to contribute at a high level this is something that doug and i talked about on friday I'm a little worried that Tony Parker is getting too many minutes, and I'm a little worried they're relying on him to play too many minutes. I'm hoping that they don't have to continue to put him out there on the court at this kind of volume because Tony is ancient. And while he has been very good, I'm worried that he's gonna to have too many minutes and again that they rely on him so much. Eighteen minutes against Cleveland, and that's a game they won by thirty, Nada, and he played eighteen. Let's let's try to rest the guy because I'm worried about how he's gonna feel in January.
0: I do understand your concern. At the same time, I like to think there's a plan in place. And when you see stuff where Devontae Graham has two really, really, really good games in two wins thirty one points Gilles. the last time out. Yeah. yeah in two G League games and granted competition what nonwithstanding
1: did you see some of those highlights though some of those highlights are, he looked good yeah uh, he looked really good and there was some there was some flashy stuff like what the hell am i doing down here kind of stuff
0: yeah exactly so i'm okay with this plan right now because i think the plan is look we're going to ride tony parker till we can't no more and then when we can't anymore we're going to have a perfectly fresh ready to go rookie to take over those minutes and perhaps Be that guy just in case Kemba does leave at the end of the season to where we're not left in the lurch when it comes to point guard. I think there's a plan in place so far. I've liked the plan in place.
1: No, and I, I, it's hard to uh, disagree with what's working. Like, I don't have any problem with Tony getting it right now. I, my whole thing is, I hope there's a plan in place. I don't, I don't, I don't disbelieve that there's one in place. I mean, I I think there probably is, but. I, I hope so, right? I mean, I, I just want that to be well, something we mentioned.
0: Considering the, the way this franchise has operated in the past, I completely understand why you hope there's a plan in place. <laughs> but so far, everything that Mitch and Borrego has done – has shown me that there is an absolute plan in place well, well, for, we'll, for, for
1: success. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, sure. We'll see about Tony Parker. But again, he, the guy has been very, very good for this team, and they have a competent backup point guard for the first time in a couple of years. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get entered into our contest for free bobbleheads and tickets and get access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. I want to get into a little bit more of what Borrego has done this season, and also we'll take a look at the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference as a whole later on in the show. Stick around. Thank you for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets.
0: Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Mm. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now.
1: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Speaking of Steve Bob, I got to see him for the first time ever do a set. Go get up on the mic and do some stand-up. So that's what y'all were doing without me. No one decided to invite me and my my broken tooth cell. Right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the excuse that is valid enough for us not to consider you this weekend. You couldn't even come into work. You couldn't talk. How are you going to go say what's up to us in the weekend? I
0: could have. No. Again, I would have taken to Uber. I would have been like high as a kite, but you I would have been, gone.
1: You would have been too high. That would have been responsible, so we left yeah, you Yeah, but at I would have taken an Uber. But we did get to see Steve Bob, again, do some stand-up this weekend. And it was very fun, legitimately funny. Not just saying this because he's a homeboy of the show. Like, the dude no, is he's hilarious. Funny. Like, yeah. that, that shit was awesome. I loved hearing that. And I thought, and again, I I was going down there. Doug hits me up. I decide within 15 minutes, it's just down the place. It's just yeah, down the exactly. street where I get to walk. It's like at the evening Muse in Noda. I live in Noda. So I walked mm-hmm. about 10 minutes down the street, got to see him and decided I was going to go see Steve Bob within again, about 10 minutes or so of knowing that he was actually going to be performing. And it was awesome stuff. And I got to see him do that. So now anytime that he's going to do something, we want Steve Bob to tell us so then we can tell everybody else to go support the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Uh, and support Steve of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Exactly, everybody and should other support endeavors. Steve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, go go check out Steve Bob. We're going to try to let you know anytime that he does anything live and what events he's doing because we definitely want to let you guys know. It'll be great fun for you and all your friends to go check out Steve and go tell him what's up. I'm sure he would love it. All right, let's go to some of the other stuff that's been going on with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Nate Duncan on his podcast. Mm-hmm. They discussed and who who was on with him was it Zach Harper? Is that what you said? No,
0: it was it was Nate Duncan, but he had some interesting stuff about this team going without a center for basically, and it it was like plus 22 over the season, which was kind of interesting considering the center woes and maybe just showing you that MKG might be this team's best center, but we're talking about power rankings and everything. Zach Harper had had the Hornets at 17th. Now, mind you, that wasn't any change in anything from last week, which they had him at 17th. But the interesting part was the stats. Because as it's as been mentioned before, 118 offensive rating with Campbell um, Walker. Parker's, I believe, is a little bit higher at 118.3, almost 119. But when you put them both together, it's 126 per
1: 100 processions No, that's amazing to see both of these guys it goes to show you exactly how good tony parker has been and so when you look at what they've been able to do with that kind of set i mean it's an entertaining basketball team
0: exactly itty bitty bugs it works (laughs) it hasn't caught the nation yet
1: but it should no it's been it's been fantastic to watch at least that offensive group and what's interesting about all of this is you go back to the beginning of the season when the Charlotte Hornets got rid of Steve Clifford, got rid of everybody, they cleaned house, mm-hmm. and Mitch Kupchak being hired as the new general manager of this team, going out throughout the NBA trying to find the right guy to be the head coach. They brought in a lot of people. They, yeah, they brought in Jay Larnerga. They brought in what is it? Ator Messina.
0: Ator Messina. They brought in They brought in a lot of people for both positions. Because remember, um, Gerson Rosas, formerly of the That's Rockets. Right. Was was uh, interviewing for the position of uh, that Mitch had got?
1: Well, well, just specifically speaking about the head coaching position, they went out and they looked at they a lot of different dudes. And James Borrego just won Emo Doka as well because they and they interviewed the entire Spurs coaching staff. It seemed like everybody
0: except Becky Hammond.
1: All right, uh, Becky Hammond being the the one that they did not interview, but three of those guys on the front row that they did. And so Borrego was the guy they decided on. And it's it just seems more and more apparent that this guy, at least in the early going, right, again, mm-hmm. 10 games, we still have to speak about everything under the caveat that it is a sample size of 10. So that's just how we have to do things at the beginning of the season. But right now, it looks like Borrego was the perfect hire given the situation that the Hornets were in. Yeah. Because Borrego, if, if he comes in with this kind of layout – about how they're going to play basketball. Mm-hmm. You have to think that everything makes a ton of sense for Mitch Kupchak to bring him on. The offense has exploded. Their efficiency mm-hmm. is... is Through the roof. Through the roof. It's been amazing. And Kimball Walker specifically has found another level. They've gone to... Tony Parker, they brought him in because there has to be a James Borrego connection there as well that helped him
0: exactly an extension of what J- James Borrego wants. James Borrego sees and will get the best out of Tony Parker going forward. Yeah,
1: sure, and and so you have him coming to this team, and so Borrego was adamant about the development of these young players. Wins have not come sacrificial playing the younger guys True. either. So you've been able to win some games, and Malik Monk has improved, and Miles Bridges is getting some run. And oh wait, there's entertaining which is extremely good from a business standpoint mm-hmm. and so when you're talking about a charlotte hornets team that hasn't had the greatest turnout here at the spectrum center the last couple of seasons and you get to see your star be on full display in kimba yep. the young toy that you got with the 11th overall pick in malik monk and miles bridges being two entertaining guys and they're all getting run and you're winning games and you're playing as entertaining basketball as a lot of teams out there and again the offensive efficiency is through the roof it looks like it just is, is so fun and good to watch this Hornets team, and it looks like James Borrego, at least now, is the perfect hire.
0: Exactly. It goes back to what we were saying in the first segment of this show. There's a plan, folks. There's been a plan for a little bit. It's like Mitch basically thought of this entire plan, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get me the perfect Spurs guy that's going to bring the best out of Kemba to make sure that he wants to stay. Next, I'm going to get some guys in here that are going to go develop Some some of these young kids, we can go get a Miles Bridges. We're going to get a guy that's got basketball IQ that knows where to be. We're also going to draft a couple of guys, one in Cobolka who will not be here for another year. But we have a nice young point guard in Devontae Graham, who, while silently toiling away his craft in Greensboro, might be ready by January.
1: So the Charlotte Hornets have actually been getting a lot of national attention here lately because Mm -hmm. I was asked to go on the Locked On NBA podcast that Josh Lloyd was hosting. David Locke and him go back and forth, obviously, but Josh Lloyd asked me to come on to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Now you're getting some rankings and starting to get uh, a lot of attention based on what they've done offensively specifically and just the new coaching style, the new change that has happened with this system. And so now people are starting to pay attention. And one thing also on this Nate Duncan podcast, Asked, they talked about was that it hasn't been a world-beating schedule. It's been a yeah. pretty light one, and we've talked about that. But the thing I'll mention in contrast of that, Nada, is that the teams that they have played that are considered good, the only team that they've gotten beaten by handily is Toronto, Toronto. Yeah. and they're destroying everybody, and Kawhi Leonard played in that game. So they lost to Toronto 127-2106 on the road, but they had a very good chance to win – against Milwaukee Milwaukee. here at home and Milwaukee's beating everybody
0: had a good chance to beat Philly on the road on the second night of a back-to-back mind you that Tony Parker did not play in
1: Chicago was a awful loss but again Mm -hmm. they weren't out of that it was Levine going to the free throw line hitting a couple to put that away and that was an awful loss but they at least were still in it so you look at the point differential it's one of the best in all the Eastern Conference and the games that they're losing They've had a chance to win every single one except the Toronto game. Exactly. And so there's a problem within that itself. We talked about this on Friday. The Hornets have – that's been their bugaboo. They cannot win these close games, and that needs to fix itself as you go forward here in the NBA – but you can also take that as a positive as there's no team that has destroyed them except for Toronto the number 1 seed in the east right now number i believe they're number 1 i think Milwaukee's second just because they haven't played as many games but certainly among the best two teams in the nba and and certainly the eastern conference and you look at the other teams that they've played they've actually beaten pretty handily except for the heat in that first contest and that was a good win for them
0: exactly and the other thing that i would just say is that Yes, they haven't played any really world beaters but so far, like you said, they've beaten they've won against good teams and yet at the same time, things aren't clicking. This is the first 10 games. I remember Steve Clifford telling a lot of people a long time ago, you don't get a really good gauge of how good a team is until they're 20 games in. So far, we're halfway into that gauge right now. So far, they look to be a really good team that could that has left some things on the table. More importantly, And this has been my biggest like critic. I'm I'm one of the biggest critics of that down the stretch clutch moment type thing. Most of these games that we're talking about where you can say, oh, they, they lost another game within three or four points. I can point to you specifically points and moments in like the third, third or fourth quarter where it was a lack of attention to detail or a lack of scoring there in those third, fourth quarters where. That'll cause you to lose games a whole lot quicker than some bad moments in a fourth quarter. And I think that does not get talked about nearly enough.
1: All right. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll be back in a moment. We'll kind of look around the NBA and also take a little bit of a deeper look at the playoff race going on in the Eastern Conference and how some of the teams that the Hornets are going to be battling with, how they have started 2018. Thanks again for joining us once again. I'm Walker Mail alongside not Edwards here on the locked on hornets podcast you are listening to the locked on hornets podcast we're going to talk about jim or jay laranaga and james borrego should Estes get the first name too. right <laughs> yeah, this, well maybe that one i should get actually his real name is james but they call him jay we'll call him jay too it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast So when you look at this playoff race right now and how it started off, the Charlotte Hornets are in a pretty good position compared to the other teams they're going to be battling with. Mm -hmm. At the start of this season, Nada, I thought the absolute ceiling, the best possible thing that the Charlotte Hornets could do would be to hit that sixth seed, and that was me not thinking the chances were very likely. Now, with 10 games in, I think the sixth seed is still the ceiling for this team. I agree. But I think it's a lot more attainable than I ever did at the beginning of the season. And that's because you were right about the Wizards so far imploding mm-hmm. like hell. They look awful. Now, they did beat the New York Knicks, but we've gotten trade talks surrounding this team. Like, do you have to blow this up? Yes. Do you trade a John Wall or a Bradley Beal and Otto Porter? Or do you get, like, what do you do with that team? It's There's been discussions around it. They've been that bad. So the Wizards now could absolutely be a team that I see the Charlotte Hornets legitimately pass. Same thing with Detroit, who after a great start, they've faltered a lot. I think that's four straight now that they've lost. You have Brooklyn, who I'm never really scared of, but they are holding the eight seed right now. Miami is not playing well, and Charlotte has beaten them twice. Twice, yep. I mean, I again I thought I thought the sixth seed was going to be the very tip top the Charlotte Hornets could reach. And now I still think it's the sixth, but I think it's very attainable. Like I would no longer be crazy shocked if the Hornets actually got there at the end of the season.
0: So it turns out, just like Steve Harvey says in the Kings of Comedy, y'all always just gotta come back to the mic. I warned you about Detroit. I told you Detroit didn't
1: impress me. I I told you Detroit didn't impress me either. Don't come over here on your high horse. Oh, I am trying to act like oh, you were the I only am. one that didn't believe in Detroit. Oh, I. You am. got Washington right. You I probably flip flopped to get it right anyway. So no, I no, don't no, even no. want to hear you. I never
0: flip flopped. Well, yet.
1: congrats. The one thing you didn't flip flop on, and you want to take credit for. Oh, it. Oh yes, I am. Yeah, Washington is imploding. Kudos to you. But I'm trying to say that the Hornets are going to get this oh, maybe no, a little bit more I attainable. Was- and you want to throw some crap on me that I didn't even say.
0: Yes. All I'm saying is there are a whole bunch of people that owe me apologies right now. That <laughs> no, call me crazy. Not a, it's, you it's you not are crazy, you.
1: but maybe in a different way. But yeah, you are crazy.
0: Again, I'm crazy like a fox. I can't help it. <laughs> all I'm saying right now is this, is that it, looked, it didn't look that bad to begin with for me. Washington imploding in the way that, if I'm really going to be honest – I thought they'd at least win at least four or five games.
1: No, I, I will give you credit in the fact that you talked about that was going to be a dumpster fire personality wise. I didn't and think from Jump No, it's, I mean, it is ugly. It is, it is ugly. I don't know if it's true, but I did see the quote from John Wall saying that Harry Potter is nope, the only nope, wizard. Not real, not real, <laughs> was, not real. Trust who me even for brought us. that up? Who even put that out there? If it's, that was a bleacher report that put that out there. No bleacher. No, that's a fake bleacher report. Cause you know how people are with yeah. that
0: people like to get like try to say Bleacher Report said this that and the third get people in trouble and like get aggregators like me in trouble and be like okay yeah they really <laughs> said that they really quoted that no we really didn't no that well, was you that, with your Photoshop <laughs> no one no one said that at all
1: yeah well it's hilarious nonetheless oh, I do want that quote to be real and Harry Potter probably is the only wizard that could help Washington out right now but again that that's the team you look at right because Detroit is always going to be a team I do think Detroit is going to be the the one team they do battle with like they they are 500 i smith
0: being their best guard scares me yeah
1: well sure or should scare them actually a a lot of things scare you but they're 400 and so i I think they're going to be there but honestly like i would take the hornets right now over the detroit pistons as would i so i don't i don't know who beyond the five best teams in the league and certainly excuse me in the eastern conference i should say i don't know who beyond the five best teams in the east I would take ahead of Charlotte when you look at them all. I, I can't find anybody.
0: I can't find anybody right now. The one thing that I do worry about is that someone, either Miami or, or Washington, gets itchy and makes a Jimmy Butler deal.
1: Do you think Washington does? But Washington, they probably they get better because they hold on to one of their guys. But
0: Yes, they because they, Wall's untradable. Wall is absolutely I would untradable. imagine
1: Wall's untradable as well. Beal isn't. Yeah, Beal, I would imagine, is a guy that you could trade. Otto Porter, I, God almighty, what's his value right now with that contract? I don't none, know who's going to take him.
0: None, but the one thing that scares me is you get a guy, because let's put it this way, out of everybody involved in a potential Jimmy Butler deal, Bradley Beal's probably the best piece you're going to get if I'm not
1: mistaken. I would imagine so. And so if Minnesota, like if Beal and do you, do you get rid of, are you so desperate that you're willing to part ways with Beal and Beal Oubre, Oubre? Yeah, Beal,
0: Oubre, and And Rivers? a draft pick? Or like yes. do you do you
1: put a draft pick and then you get Jimmy Butler and maybe another player to maybe try to match Exa- the salaries or whatever? Yeah. I mean, that is that something that the Wizards might do? I'd yes. be interested. If the Wizards got Jimmy and held on to John Wall, one – are we sure that that relationship wouldn't go up in flames as well? Um no, but you know <laughs> yeah. what, it would be more entertaining. God, oh my, the Wizards. Just it's funny like the one guy out there right now, hell the Wizards, they, they should go after Mello too. Let's get the all-headcase team. Let's go get Jimmy Butler. Let's Leave go Mello get Car- out of this right <laughs> Let's now. get Carmelo Anthony. Let's get whoever the hell else we is. We don't want make.
0: Mello talking bad about us. Or maybe we do. I'm uh, not sure.
1: I, I just think I don't I don't think I'm taking anybody as it stands right now. The Charlotte Hornets have looked good. And again, the schedule gets very tough for them on the back half. We've preached that. We're going to yes. keep on preaching it. Immolating until fire January. hits
0: in January, folks. Sure. Enjoy the good times while you got. Them.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully that we're able to just weather the storm once we get to the second half. But again, it, it's a team that looks pretty good right now. I think as long as long as they beat Atlanta tomorrow. That'll be a three and one stretch during this home. Could have been four and zero, oh and, and could have been four and zero. Oh, but <laughs> such is the NBA. So you take a exactly. three and one stretch, and that that's something you think is successful. And then you'll go on this three game road trip, and who knows where they are after that. But a three and one home stand, I think that's what you expected. I think that's what you would call successful. The minimum would be successful, and you move on. And I think you feel pretty good about where the Hornets are currently.
0: I will say this, and I'll leave it at the at that because I know we got to go. Atlanta kind of sneakily scares me
1: tomorrow well Trey Young is he going to go off for 40 I mean it's
0: Trey Young is not the
1: guy that like
0: Trey Young as just the three-point coverage as a whole and we will preview tomorrow doesn't make you know I actually kind of like
1: Lloyd Pierce I I, do too and I actually kind of like all the young talent that the Hawks have like a Trey Young honestly is my least favorite pick Given where they were and who else they all got, like you I could loved- have gotten
0: Doncic and said you'd be fine. It's-
1: right, and 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 I don't even dislike Trey Young like a lot of people out there do. Like the, the guy's done some good things, so mm-hmm. I actually like Trey Young. Okay, but that's not even my favorite. Like Torian Prince, I love when they made that selection a couple yep. of years ago. Actually, one of the Hornets to get him had I thought that there would be a shot there. Uh, Omari Spellman I loved at Villanova last season That guy's actually playing well for a second rounder Yeah Spellman is a year first. away
0: from being really really dangerous Man
1: I'm 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 all in on the Omari Spellman train I think he's going to be good You down and the my road. dad ironically uh, John Collins I that was a fantastic pick And he's pick. not even healthy yet Nope John Collins is somebody that I really like And also the guy's your boy Kevin Herter. Herter Kevin Herter looks I mean I, I like I, Kevin Herter I, as well I tried
0: to tell people about him And, I, and everyone wanted to laugh at me about that
1: So so going against the the Doug Branson theory, right, where he he hates it, just like it's the Suns theory that you get a bunch of these young guys and you don't get any veterans. And then, you know, you kind of waste all this talent, but they get Vince Carter. You know, if you're able to implement a couple of veterans down the line, I do think that Atlanta Hawks team is good. But nonetheless, as we go on a tangent for the Atlanta Hawks. The Charlotte Hornets should beat their ass tomorrow night. We, they should. It's, it's going to be a lot closer than it probably should be. No, you're, you're I we'll see. We'll see. But the Hornets should be taking care of business. And then we'll see where they are and talk about it all on that following Wednesday. But until then, we'll try to preview for that Hawks game tomorrow as it will be the second Locked On Hornets show of the week. Thanks for listening here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter. And Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets.
0: See you guys.
1: I didn't say shit earlier in the show. Yeah, I caught that. Do we take that?